go. The emails are flying in. Thank you so much. Our inbox is full to the brim. I can't keep up. We got one email. (laughs) (laughs) We got an email through, though. It's amazing. It's a great feeling. It got us very excited. So much so that we're dedicating this entire episode to the question that was posed to us. Yes. From faithful, powerful nonsense listener, Ollie. We love you, Ollie. We love you, Ollie. You're a legend. Thank you, Ollie. Um, but of course, it's not just me. It's not just me. Sitting next to me, as always, my good friend and yours, who is now blushing. <laughs> <laughs> Jem Yildish. Hello, hello, Yildish. hello. I said Yildish. Yildish or uh, Yiddish? <laughs> Yildiz with Yildiz, a Z. Yildiz, thank you sh- very much. Hello, everybody. I hope you're good. <laughs> and yeah, we've got Wayne here as well. <laughs> thank you, Jen. Thank you. Um, so, as I said, good old Ollie from London has sent us a message um, asking us a bit of a question. A bit of a question. It is a question. Uh, which is, I'm so indecisive, how can I test an idea out before I dive into it? It's a good question. It is a good question. I think everybody's had that question that they wanted to I ask somebody. So. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, and so we have entitled this episode, Validating Your Idea. On a shoe, a shoe. I can't speak. Shoe string. Shoe string. I wonder where that term came from. Yeah, I wonder. Is a shoe string? I don't know. I have to do some sort of. We'll find out. Investigation. Email us and tell us. Yes, I like it. (laughs) If you do have any idea as to where the uh, phrase shoe shoe, I can't say it. Shoe Shoe string. string budget come from please do drop us an email you can email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com or gem at gem no gem at powerfulnonsense.com <laughs> <laughs> um and of course uh if you do have any questions that you'd like us to deal with like ollie um do you just send us an email send- what's wrong, wrong, with, wrong with me today i don't know what's happening <laughs> send us an email send us an email. all right I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna get this episode going i'm gonna start off with our beginning quote because okay. uh, wayne's got to sort out his uh <laughs> voice <laughs> so our, our quote of the episode is the purpose of a business is to create a customer peter drucker kind of like getting <laughs> a people customer named peter drucker peter drucker create a customer not not peter drucker himself but so th- um, this is a really studious. short quote and we're in a bit of a crazy mood today <laughs> so this is quite a bit of an, a quote it sounds like it's sort of teaching people to suck eggs a bit don't you think it's sort of saying well it's kind of obvious you do need a customer if you're gonna mm-hmm. have a business mm-hmm. but it's very relevant and why is it relevant, Jim? It's it's hugely relevant because without a customer, you do not have a business at the end of the day. So, and I've said that as well. I think you have uh, nailed that on the head. <laughs> Definitely. So, so we're going to go into why. Why is it dangerous not to? Va- why is it dangerous not to validate your idea first? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so the first thing is, if you don't validate your idea, you're going to end up putting in a lot of effort into something which may not pay off at all. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are creating something that nobody wants, you're going to put in hours, weeks, months, possibly even years into something that is just not going to sell. I think I think everybody has that sort of mentality, don't they? Though They kind of think, I've got an idea. They do everything to sort of start that business. I, I love to call it that sort of 
business card mentality because I have done it so many times where I've had this great idea. It might have been in the night. I wake up in the morning. I can't wait to do it. And so the first thing I do is I buy the domain on GoDaddy and then I order my business cards and then I'm just, they come through and that's it. You're kind of like, there we go. I'm, I'm a business now. I can hand out cards. <laughs> I am an entrepreneur. Exactly. You, you start thinking, yeah, I've got to get that website up. I've got to find someone who's going to build it for me. Uh, so everything you get everything in order first of all thinking okay now i can start the business and then you realize oh god i've just spent how many hundreds of pounds maybe some people probably spend thousands of pounds creating the product and then they're like okay now um they say build build it and they will come Mm -hmm. (laughs) i've built it where's my customers at yeah (laughs) come to me customers (laughs) um and i think i think so many people experience that i think it is because you're kind of i don't know i don't know whether it's people are afraid initially to kind mm -hmm. of find the customers and you think well I believe in this product myself. I've kind of convinced myself this is amazing that why wouldn't somebody want to buy it? Yeah. And of course, uh, along with having wasted so much time as well, you're going to have probably spent a lot of money on it um, and possibly even taken out some loans and heaven forbid actually risked your house as collateral for a business that that may go nowhere. Yeah, I think as well. I mean, there's these great schemes in London at the moment. It's all these startup loans. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they're great. They teach people to create a business, but a lot of the time they don't focus on, I mean, they'll give you the loan to set you up and it pays for your website. It pays for the bits and pieces, mm-hmm. but then you haven't even got your customer yet. And I think, I don't know if they, they might've changed the way to teach. I'm not going to bad math them because to be honest, they are doing great. It's helping young, small businesses start, mm-hmm. up, especially for young people. But I do think before before people even go to to these people to buy that loan, find that customer because you're going to take out that loan. You're going to be paying it back for how many years? Yeah. And you don't even have an income yet. Yeah. And it's not like it's the same uh, value of loan for when you're, you know, getting a, a, a phone contract, which mm-hmm. is essentially a loan to pay for your phone. It's not like you're going to be paying back just 20 quid a month. Uh, you're looking at a loan probably of thousands of thousands of pounds so you're probably looking at a hundred quid a month minimum probably something along those to be lines paying yeah. that sort of thing which if for an idea that's not validated is probably a bad situation to be in and if you're looking at further down the line uh if your business because you haven't validated your idea you've got this loan you've wasted all this time and effort on getting this business up and running got and a nice got shiny website barely any customers other than your mom your dad and a couple of friends. And your mum wants a refund. And your mum wants <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So it's not, it's not looking good for you. But I, I think... <laughs> oh, good. That's set way enough. But no, I think one of the worst things, though, is when you don't validate that idea, you're going to just, like, it kills your motivation. Because I think, mm. I call it people have these sort of momentum moments. It was where they kind of, they, they got this, you've got that idea and you've got all this energy and you put yeah. it all in. And then suddenly you've done everything you can to get that business started. And then after that, you're like, okay, no customers, no customers. Yeah. And suddenly your momentum starts going downwards, downwards, mm-hmm. downwards. And you think failure, I, I failed. But really, you just didn't put enough effort in to even find a customer, yeah. whether before or even after. People just set things up and say, okay if it doesn't sell within a month or two months then it's definitely not for me Mm -hmm. but really the truth is you probably just haven't found the person that really bloody wants your product yep it's 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 true and are you gonna go no you go i was gonna say basically like once you've lost that motivation once that momentum's gone down like how likely are you to gonna say okay well that first thing i tried i spent hundreds of quids on my hundred quids on hundred of quid (laughs) on my website i bought my business cards which are now sitting in my drawer collecting dust i um (laughs) I'm telling people I've got a business and it's failed. Like once you've done that, you're going to be like, how likely are you going to start another one or try again? Yeah. You're just going to kill it off. And you don't know that the next idea could have been great. And mm-hmm. you could have, it could have, you could have validated the right way. 
That's why this episode is making sure that you don't make those mistakes. Don't be silly. Don't spend too much money before you've got your business going, for God's sake. Make some money. Yeah. Then and build your business. And like make sure your mum doesn't ask for a refund. Yeah, bloody mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, let's dive into how you could validate uh, your idea. We know why you should validate your idea. So now, how can you validate your idea? I think obviously it depends because obviously no ideas are alike. And I don't know whether you want to create some sort of, I don't know, an example business for this episode. Maybe that we could use an example that might help people. Okay. Uh, let's come up with something on the fly. Uh, um, we we kind of like to keep it really basic. So maybe let's go for, I don't know, let's go for music lessons or, or music a language lessons. lessons. So you're somebody who's great on the guitar or you're maybe a language. Which one? Let's go with music because I'm slightly creative. Well, I say slightly creative. I'm slightly creative. creative. Oh, you're so creative. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's go with, okay, I'm somebody, I play guitar, but I would love to start a business and maybe start making money mm-hmm. uh, teaching people maybe how to play guitar. So what would what, your first sort of be thing to do? Um... Well, the first thing really is to kind of examine your market. Once you know what your idea is, you know what your market should probably be. Um, Or you can quickly work that out. Um, So first of all, decide, you know, what are the ages you're looking at or what most likely the age is going to be. What's, uh, you know, what what are their desires? What are their aspirations? um, And kind of work off that. So you know who you're selling to. Once you know who you're selling to, then find out what they want. Find out what sort of prices they're looking at. Because, I mean, if you go to somebody and say, I'll do guitar lessons 100 quid an hour, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you're probably not going to get very far. Yeah. Because you could buy a guitar, I mean, albeit a rubbish guitar, but you could buy a guitar for 100 pounds. Yeah, unless you're like a guitarist of Metallica, then they might consider it. But Yeah. Oh, well, obviously, <laughs> if... Uh, yeah, if it, or it's James May, not James May. I always get, I always do this. It's not James May. I don't know who you're talking about. From Queen, I'm Brian really, May. I always go. get, I always do that the wrong way around. James May, you wouldn't pay him for guitar lessons, I don't think. But uh, yeah, you got to kind of find out what are people charging at the moment, and who. Yeah. I think, like you said, there, who is my customer? Like, find really pinpoint where they are. I mean. If you're thinking of guitar lessons, you're thinking a lot of like young young people do guitar at school, don't they? But then they mm-hmm. want to kind of carry on at home. So I'll be yeah. thinking, okay, there's a kind of market, those sort of children, and I can target parents because parents have money. Mm-hmm. So that I don't have to sell to the child. The child wants lessons. Yeah. And then the mum is going to pay for those lessons because most parents want to teach, get mm-hmm. their child, child to teach, like to learn an actual instrument. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great way. Another thing, like again, when you're talking about price, I think it's so easy then. When you go online, you can say use I think Gumtree is really, really great for mm-hmm. for kind of testing out prices. You can go on there and just see what kind of what are people pay what are people paying. What's the sort of going rate for lessons? And yeah. I don't know how much they probably are twenty, thirty pound an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you you figured out the price that way. Yeah, so you can use online to research what other people are charging for that service that you want to deliver. Mm-hmm. And um, then also, uh, kind of linked to that, you could probably look at. Uh, what are people already paying you for um, in terms of what you what you do deliver or, or what you have delivered in the past? So, if for example you've already you've already set up this music teaching uh, business, um, like on the on the side, for example, um, and you're already teaching, let's say, piano, 
mm-hmm. um, how could you then utilize that in let's say teaching guitar for example yeah and kind of and kind of work with that to kind of get a business model for for that if that makes sense i probably not no, 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 it does make sense. But obviously, we don't want to focus on people who already got something going. Because, I mean, if you've got a business already, that's music's mm-hmm. in there. So, we're talking about someone who has no idea. Like, they just want to create their business. They've got a guitar and they know how to play it and they want to teach people. And I think one thing we're overlooking is just figure your connections. Like, if you've got a guitar, it's more likely that you go to the music shop to buy your picks or your yeah. strings. Mm-hmm. So, maybe you want to go in there and say, Look, it's all right if I stick a leaflet up and about my lessons. Yeah. Um, speak to friends because sometimes you could say i mean i don't particularly want to learn guitar but if you convince me and you say oh it's really great and you say oh um it'll be this cost maybe i'll give it a go so use your initial network as well Mm -hmm. like find out if there's people around you that you know are into music that you could Mm -hmm. potentially sell because i think like you say we say about family but family and friends are probably that initial sale yeah and if you can get someone to pay for it that's going to make you feel good okay i've got one or two might be my uncle it might be my uncle's friend but i'm I'm giving out Mm -hmm. lessons to people i'm getting paid for it so you've already got that little bit of initial momentum yeah so definitely look inside like who are your connections directly Mm -hmm. yeah and um I think one thing that is important to flag up quite early on as well is if you are doing any form of advertising, uh, like putting leaflets out, you really want to keep costs down to a bare Mm -hmm. minimum. If it means that you're designing the posters yourself Mm -hmm. and printing them off off of your own printer on not very great paper, to be honest, do that first because people aren't paying for your posters. They're paying for your teaching or whatever it is that you're doing. So they are going to obviously present it as well as you can, but do it at such a like low cost that actually it it's minimal I minimal think we, damage. I, I think we're going even too far. Like don't even don't even print it out. Just if if most people have got their relatives and friends on Facebook, create a graphic and just drop it into Facebook. Yeah. Suddenly everyone's going to see that. Okay, he's um, him or she is offering lessons now, and they'll get in touch. So that's. I think the internet's made you really mm-hmm. easy to like touch. I think even Gumtree now, you can put your service on there for free. You can list it for free. You've got your connections on Facebook, which you can send out. You've got yeah. Twitter that you can just let people know. You could even, I mean, we were talking about earlier how, how effective like the Twitter search bar is and how mm-hmm. Facebook has search and how many people you probably say, oh, you can probably search um, uh, looking, looking for guitar lessons. And you might find somebody who might be in another country, but you can say, well, actually, I can set up um, Skype lessons. We can do this over Skype. Yeah. I mean, I'm learning Turkish over Skype through somebody I found on on Gumtree, so Mm -hmm. it works. Mm -hmm. It's there. And so, yeah, you don't even have to have your connection. It doesn't have to be in the family. Once you're online, Mm -hmm. you can offer that service. Obviously, it's easier if your service doesn't require you to physically be there. Yeah. But it's definitely an avenue to look at. And I think social media, as you say, is one of the best places to start. Because you'll soon find out if people do want to... I think it's a cheap entry. I think, obviously, there's lots of issues. I mean, if you want to put a Facebook ad on, which is really Mm -hmm. cheap, I know we don't want to spend money, but you can can test an idea with, say, £5 and just see... Just to so that everyone... Because, I mean, Facebook is going to restrict who sees it. It's Mm -hmm. not going to go on everyone's timeline. Mm -hmm. But if you pay a bit of money, it will say... It'll put it into people's timelines. You can even target people to say people who already play the guitar or people who are interested in guitar yeah. and you can target be really specific. There are really good techniques. I don't want to go too technical. Yeah. But there's also there's also and I think this is where you can actually I think social media is a platform where you can actually utilize people like family and friends to actually try and sell. Because the difference between going up to someone and going, Oh, I'm doing this thing, do you want to buy it off me? If you're doing it face-to-face, they're much more likely to say yes, even mm-hmm. if they don't think it's a good idea because they don't want 
to see your reaction of when your feelings are hurt when they say no. Mm-hmm. But if you put a status out on Facebook, for example, going, oh, hi, uh, friends, family, I'm thinking of starting this up. Is there anybody interested? It's going to be this much, this much, this much. If they don't want it, they just won't comment it or mm-hmm. do anything because you don't know whether or not they've seen it or not. So that's mm-hmm. there's the anonymity there. And if you don't get a response from that, probably alarm bell should probably start to ring a little bit because even your family and friends aren't interested. And I think that is a platform where you, I think you are allowed to use your family and friends as as a starting platform to put your feelers out. I mean, I do think it comes down to if that person's interested in learning it. One thing I'm I'm a massive believer in is doing free. Like I believe mm-hmm. that free giving something for free away is such a great way to build trust with people. It's you saying, it's you sort of, it's like we were saying in the previous episode about that motion, showing that you can deliver on what you say as well. Yeah. And so if you can say, I mean, a great example would be, okay, hold a Google Hangout for free, mm-hmm. promote it that you're going to be running a free first lesson on guitar. People come in and watch you and te- and learn with mm-hmm. you on guitar. So you've got all these people that get in a free service. The first session of your classes is free online. Yeah. It's a great way to get people involved. You get in that, get yeah. start that relationship, and then maybe you can say, "Okay, I hope you enjoyed the session. I'll be carrying on these lessons. We can do them over Skype. This is the price." Suddenly, you've got everybody uh-huh. coming because they got the free value. But then you've now made a funnel that you say, "Well, I'm going to upsell you, and if you would like to carry on with the lessons with me, you found that useful. We can do these privately elsewhere." Yeah, that's, that's I think a that's a really great, it. effective way of doing it. Yeah, and and how powerful do you think um, things like referrals can be? I think. I mean. That's that is so good because I think most of my clients that I work with have come through. I had one client who literally referred me on to another, 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 and it just it branches. And mm-hmm. so I think referrals are great. I think they're the best marketing possible mm-hmm. to have somebody else say this guy is awesome at playing guitar. Like he's yeah. so oh my god, how quickly I've been learning. He's mm-hmm. delivered like oh my god, I'm I'm doing all kinds of riffs and <laughs> yeah. solos myself now. If you get somebody who because it's more than likely that if if that person plays guitar and he's learning guitar, yeah. He, as, he associates with people who are also interested in guitar. Mm-hmm. So it kind of works like that. It's like whatever you do, you kind of always are going to be someone around that person who also likes what yeah. he likes, which is probably why they're friends in the first place. Yeah. So if you can actually get that, if once you, I mean, build a relationship with that person. Don't just go in there and say, oh, I'm doing lessons for you. Could you give out my business card to all your friends? Because yeah. he'll be like, well, I haven't even, you haven't proved to me yet that you can do anything. Once you build that relationship after two, three months and he's really, oh my God, I'm learning so much from this guy. He's great. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be talking Again, it comes down to that character. Have a great character that people are going to want to talk about. You've got to be remarkable remarkable, so people remark about you. Mm -hmm. And then they're more likely to go on, speak to... They'll go on and speak to other people about you. Yeah. And it actually kind of reminds me of something that a business mentor, when I set up my production company, uh, mentioned. He calls it the bloody good game. (laughs) Right? And it's it's kind of an agreement between two people that if an opportunity comes up to plug the other person, you do. Um, and you always, it will always be, you should definitely use this guy because he's bloody good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, me and you may have an agreement where if somebody's looking for digital marketing, I might go, oh, definitely use this guy, Jemmy Elders. He's bloody good at what he does. He's absolutely fantastic. And you likewise if anybody's going oh i need an actor or whatever you might say oh definitely use this this wayne ingram guy because he's bloody good which i've done and i've got which you a you couple have of yeah. exactly um and 
you know vice versa so it's kind of an agreement and that can actually be really really helpful uh, as well if you can get that sort of agreement with your clients if there is a mutual interest and i think it's not like your client's going to lie because your client will not go and say to somebody who's associated with them that you're bloody good if you're not bloody good exactly so you've got to deliver you both got to have that sort of value there and then mm-hmm. yeah I, I but i generally do think that that's what people should think about if you've got one person even if you get that first client be treat that client so well make them get deliver what you say you're going to help them get mm-hmm. and they're more likely to talk about it. you might not even have to say can you refer me they might say i've spoke to my mate who wants to do it for you and that happens a lot as well yeah, yeah definitely definitely um and one thing that i think is actually a really good tool which a lot of people have used particularly with um online products um and services um is is where possible to allow people to buy your product before you've actually even made it i love that idea and pre-selling it Mm -hmm. because if you go okay i've got this thing i'm going to launch it in three months time Mm -hmm. okay um and it's going to do this 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 you've you've sold it you've put the package together everybody knows what it is that you're going to be creating so you've had that idea you put it out there in the market and you say right you can buy it when it launches at this price or you can buy it now before it's launched at half the price and you'll quickly find out whether or not people um, want it or not. Uh, There's a guy I was listening to on some podcast. I can't remember who it was or which podcast it was. So apologies to whoever it was. Um, (laughs) He basically started doing um, online webinars um, about LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and he did this Google Hangout type thing. And uh, he said, right, in a week's time, I'm doing part two, yeah. which is much more advanced level, um, and it's going to cost X amount. I think I listened to this one, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but if you buy it today at the end of this webinar, it will cost you less. Yeah. Um, and he hadn't even put the, the webinar together. He yeah, didn't yeah. know what it was going to be about. He just knew it was going to be about LinkedIn, and that was it. And it was going to be more advanced. By the time the webinar had finished and he checked his emails, it was full of PayPal payments mm-hmm. for this next webinar that he hadn't even written. Yeah. Um, so he knew that his idea was valid and, and there was a market for it. Yeah. And he had the money then to produce it. It cost him nothing. He didn't spend a penny of his own money because he'd already had the funds through from people that wanted to buy it. Yeah. And people say, for like my production company, you should always t- sell your tickets before you've produced your show, if you can. I think it's a great method. Yeah, because then suddenly you're not, you're not worried about breaking even. You've already broken even because you've got your budget right there of how much you can spend. Plus, you see there, oh, my customers are there. They're willing to pay. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I remember listening to that podcast, and then he was like, oh, God, now I have to put it together because yeah. it lit a fire under his butt, really, to say, you've got customers now, and they want that service. Mm-hmm. So he had to just, I know, he went away, and he actually built it up, and he sold to all of them. Yeah. And But how would you relate that to the guitar guy, the guy I'm selling lessons? Like I was thinking, I have kind of have an idea of how I would do it. I'd be like, maybe find maybe a hall, find somewhere that you can kind of maybe put on a free event or yeah. you can you can yeah say a free event come along and i'm going to te- bring you guitars i'm going to teach you all how to some basic guitar it's a free lesson yeah. find a free space find get a friend to let you maybe even in your own house bring mm-hmm. a, a few people over yeah and then say it's a free lesson at my house at this time if you're up for it they'll come along you're going to get all your clients you're going to come along you're going to teach them mm-hmm. at the end you've got all your customer potentials they're not yeah. customers yet they're potentials sitting around you learning with you then you can upsell them. 
if nobody turns up, either your marketing wasn't good enough, yep. which is which is sometimes there's a big point as well, mm-hmm. or people just in your in that vicinity of who you connected with do not want lessons. Yeah. So, but then how do you pre-sell your lessons? Which you, oh, how to pre-sell the actual lessons? Obviously, you've got lessons. to write these lessons that you're going to be teaching. So how yeah. do you how do you then get the money to justify putting in the time to write all these lessons in advance? I think it's hard. I think it depends because obviously that guy sold the value ahead of time. And if you're saying to someone, um, I'm creating lessons, you can even, I mean, who's to say that a guitarist can, I mean, yeah, someone teaching guitar could put together a web course where they say, Mm -hmm. learn guitar in two weeks or learn the basic guitar Mm -hmm. in two weeks and say, and then you sell it on the fact that you will definitely, I've got these video courses lined up. You'll definitely after two weeks be able to, or you can have your money back. Yeah. If you follow it strictly, there you go. Then he can say, he can do that live webinar yeah. or he can do the face-to-face yeah. and sell it to people. There's an- say, pay me up front and you'll get in two hours, you'll get my course, which is two weeks worth of... Yeah, you could do it that way. Or if you wanted to do it in person, one thing that the academy that I used to teach for uh, last year and the, and the year before, uh, they used to do a... Your first class was free. Yeah. So your first day at this academy was free. Um, and then if you wanted to actually join um you had to pay by term you couldn't pay lesson by lesson you had to pay by term yeah so you get your first lesson if you enjoy it pay for the term and then you've got the whole term paid for so then actually you don't have to worry about costs of running it because you've got your budget your budget there and that's how that's how they used to do it. so if you were looking to sell guitar lessons for example you could do it that way and say okay well you get your first lesson which is your very very basic stuff mm-hmm. get that lesson for free at this town hall let's say it's done mm-hmm. it's gone down that route and then anybody here that wants to actually do the full one term course um which is going to cover this 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 and this yeah pay for the term and we'll we'll do it that way so you can pre-sell and i think that's that why sense. we've got the rise of all these sort of crowdfunding platforms that are doing mm-hmm. so well is because they're based on that philosophy it's that yeah find out if people actually want your product if you're say you'll see a kickstarter so yeah. someone puts up the kind of product they're going to make and everybody pays for it ahead of time to fund that person manufacturing mm-hmm. it and that's what that's what people have you have to have that mentality nowadays because yeah. you haven't no one not many people have got i mean there's a lot of business out there where you can't you can't help but make a product before you sell it like yeah that you there's some things that it just doesn't apply to yeah but there are a lot of ideas that could be validated in this way where you mm-hmm. make your customer before you do all this hard work, waste your time. You could test an idea every week, every day, really, if you want to. Yeah. You could just, as you say, follow that sort of philosophy of doing things and you'll find a system of testing ideas and you can quickly get them out of the way then. You don't spend yeah. a whole year working on something that's it's just a dead horse. It's not going to sell. Mm-hmm. You can keep testing and one of them will just click and suddenly all these customers start coming in and be like okay that's yeah. the one that i focus on that is the that's the gold there mm-hmm. definitely definitely um so another thing that obviously that you can do uh with regard to uh validating your idea as we kind of mentioned at the top is is a bit of research um but not so much about your customer but more about other businesses um so there's two things that i think are really important to do First of all, is to research what the competition is doing. Um, many people will say, and they say this on Dragon's Den all the time, if there's competition out there, it's going to be really, really hard for you, particularly if there's a big competitor. But what John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire always says, and I completely agree, is that if someone is already doing it, you know there's a market for it. Yeah, someone's validated it for you. Yeah. If somebody's already 
doing guitar lessons anywhere anywhere yeah <laughs> you know that people want to learn to play guitar but then what you have to do and this is where the real caveat is is you have to then work out how you do it differently how yours is better possibly more efficient for example so let's say i don't know people can people teaching guitar can get you to level two in four months mm-hmm. can you get someone to level two in two months mm-hmm. then you're providing more value or do you just go for a different different market? Do or, you say, yeah. I'm teaching guitar lessons to children with disabilities, and then suddenly you've mm-hmm. really niched yourself down to a particular area of people. Yeah. And, and going and talking about your point you just said there as well, like sometimes if your competition are, are doing that, sometimes it's very location-specific. So you might be in, say, South London, and someone's selling guitar lessons, doing really well for them, and you're kind of seeing how they're promoting, what sort of banners they're putting out, how they're promoting on Facebook, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, I'll replicate that in my area where I live. Yeah. And so... Again, you're not taking, you're not against him because you're both providing the same kind of product, but you're specific to your area. And I think a lot of people are doing that, becoming very sort of niche, giving out their service mm-hmm. to their to their connections mm-hmm. in the area, which is really effective. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's a good reaction to um, high levels of competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing that I think you should do with regard to research, which is kind of related, is look at what the competition isn't doing now not necessarily to go well i'm gonna do that but more because quite likely the reason they're not doing it particularly if it's a large corporation that spends millions and millions of pounds on research and development every year there's probably a good reason why they're not doing it um an example you can tell dragon's den's been on You've been TV watching a lot, too much. I've been watching then. a lot of it, but there was a couple that were, wanted to sell fresh um, curry sauces, mm-hmm. like that you can get fresh Italian yeah, yeah, sauces. Yeah. They want to sell fresh curry sauces, and Peter Jones went, "Why do you think they haven't done this?" And the answer was, "Well, it's a really short shelf life, and it makes the cost of manufacturing super high, so it cuts into your margins." And so that was the reason why it hadn't been done, and the entrepreneurs said well i don't think they've seen it been done before and peter jones said they definitely have i'm involved in this market and they definitely have seen it yeah but obviously he's peter jones thinking massive scale whereas that person could run that business small scale locally in the area sell to people and it'd be a small business it just depends on the type of business again you want to run yeah obviously but then also if you are dealing with something like food for example if you are producing something with a short shelf life and you're a small business you're probably not going to be selling vast quantities of it at a Mm -hmm. particular pace so suddenly your window of opportunity is very small because you've got this short shelf life product which you've got to sell very quick and so you can't produce too much of it and so you're limited Limited to how much money you can make but then it, it just goes back though then if i was that person i would say could i sell to local it depends what scale you run if you're yeah. just a small business on your own if i was that person i just wanted this to make me money to be my business i'd be like i'd sell in front find out people in my area if, if, if i don't know if she was indian or not but if mm-hmm. relatives or she knows people who are going to like those sources in the area loads of people love curry everyone loves curry yeah. so you could actually sell to everybody this is what i'm producing tell me when you want it once you've got your 100 orders okay let's mix up a bowl and then sell it so yeah. it's kind of work backwards but again that, it comes down to true. the type of business you want exactly yeah um it, it, it does it depends on the scale it depends on what the product is but the point is is really try to find out if there's a good reason why it hasn't been done before mm-hmm. um because that if it if there is a good reason why it hasn't been done that could really really stop you in your tracks so let's start to wrap this up then um 
Jem, do you want to go for a quote? Sure. So um, the quote to end this episode is, don't solicit feedback on your product, idea or your business just for validation purposes. You want to tell, pe- you want to tell the people who can help move your idea forward. But if you're, look- if you're just looking for- to your friend, co-worker, husband or wife validation, be careful. It can stop a lot of multi-million dollar ideas in their tracks in the beginning. And that's by Sarah Blakely. And yeah. Wayne, you chose that one. Do you want to tell us why? Um, I think this is kind of good advice more than so much a good summation quote i think it's just generally good advice if you're looking to validate your idea you have to go beyond your friends family and co-workers because obviously they have some sort of emotional attachment to you they're not going to want to hurt your feelings and things like that which is why when i was saying earlier about social media being a good vehicle for it because actually you can just ignore it if you don't think it's a good idea um so don't go to your friends, family or co-workers because they're going to tell you what they think you want to hear. Um, and actually where she says that it could stop multi-million ideas in their tracks from the beginning is just because you've presented an idea and somebody goes, oh yeah, it's really good, doesn't mean it's necessarily really good and doesn't mean there's not room for improvement. You may have the basis of a really, really good idea but it's literally just a foundation and it needs so much more development before it's going to get to the level where it's actually going to be a valid product or service or whatever. I I mean, obviously we spoke about earlier that your family, people you know, should be kind of a connection that you use. But I think the biggest difference here is that if you're going to a parent, you say, mom, I'm going to start this business. It's going to be this. They'll be like, oh, that sounds really good. But the best different, like to kind of really figure out is to say, well, would you want to buy one off me? Because most Mm -hmm. of the time when you say that to your friend or that relative, if they say no, then you're kind of like, okay, now you've really got a real validation. Because when you change your money with someone, then you see if you've got a business. I mean, your mum might buy one off your product or something you create. But when you're asking a lot of the people around you, the relatives, and you say, well, that will cost you £20. Mm -hmm. And if they say no, then that's a better validation than just hearing, oh, yeah, it's a really great idea. Yeah, you should do that. So I think it is a level. I I think family and relatives have connections that might be useful to you. Yes. But don't, yeah, I understand. I know what you're saying with that quote. Yeah. Okay, cool. So do you have any book recommendations for people that want to follow this advice? I mean, a great book that I've read is called The um, Lean Startup by Eric Reese. It's a great book. It's very techy, but I think what you could do, you could actually read that book and apply it to any business. We've sort of applied it in a way to guitar lessons today and who knows what kind of service that you want to do and just that sort of start lean, get that customer first, get that validation and then work on the business i think mm-hmm. that's all what the book's about but he goes into it a lot more depth yep. also another great book is the hundred dollar startup we spoke about it last um in the last episode it's just a really great book i mean it's about people who have created businesses on less than a hundred dollars boo it up slowly validated their ideas it's just a really 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 good, really good book that i definitely suggest taking a look at and you can check that out on my website at powerfulnonsense.com slash books. Um, there's loads of books on there. Loads. I mean, it's all the books that I've read in the past couple of years. I mean, maybe a year and a half. And they are affiliate links, so we will get paid if you do decide to click and purchase. But yeah, it goes on to support what we're doing anyway. Fantastic. So um, to Ollie, who I hope is listening. I hope that's 
kind of help clear up or at least give you some food for thought as to how you can kind of slow down your indecision and, and help you validate some idea it, uh, some ideas that you might have um to all those other listeners and ollie as well i suppose if there's anything else that you'd like us to discuss um or if you've got any feedback on the show please do email us um it's your show as much as it is ours if not more so um so jem how can they email you it's jem at palpernonsense.com and that's and jem spelt spelt c-e-m just thought I'd remind everyone. <laughs> um, and if you want to email me, you can do so at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com. Uh, if people want to clicky click you, tweety tweet you on the old twitter <laughs> <laughs> It's at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. And for me, it's Wayne underscore Ingram. That's I-N-G-R-A. M. A bit of a shameless plug from Jem here, who's launching a new ebook. Jem, do you want to tell us about that? Yep, sure. It's a short ebook, and it's sort of my learnings from the last couple of years and getting into entrepreneurship. And it's called Status Go. 10 unlearnings for the digital economy. I'll be giving out to anybody who listens to this for free. I'll be giving out to anyone who goes to my blog, powerfulnons.com, for free. And I hope you find it useful. It might be live right now as we're speaking. It might not, but it will definitely be available very soon. So, yeah, please check it out, download it, and pass it round. Yes, yes. Fantastic stuff. Stuff? Stuff. My feet. My Your feet. Speech. <laughs> oh, my God. My God, what's happening? Um, <laughs> and if you are liking what you're hearing, please do post a review on iTunes uh, to help support the show. Um, it really, really does help boost the profile of what we're doing and, and really does help us to improve it as well and continue to bring value to all you guys out there and all you listeners um thank you very much we'll be back soon with a new episode uh keep emailing us it'll be very good if you do and we'll catch you soon see you later take care